0: Welcome. Hi exciting. You. This is like first podcast. So 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 exciting. Um I, I am joined by Charlotte Bradbury and I will let you introduce yourself in a second. Um, but today is pretty much all about feminism, which is a such a broad subject, which we both know. Um, and trying to pin that all down into like 30 minutes of conversation is going to be hard um but i think it's one of those ones that um you know has so many myths and so many stereotypes around it that so many people are so um you know they, a lot of people just have no idea about what it means to be a feminist
1: yeah agreed
0: i think like they see all these things on social media and they kind of don't get it because there's so many different Kinds of feminists, and I think that's one of the things as well of my assumptions today that you know, it's, there's not just this whole one type thing, and you know what it means to be it. So, um but let me pass over to you. Introduce yourself. What you, who you Hello. are, what you do. What do oh, I don't know
1: what to say about myself. Um, so I, I don't know how would I describe myself. Um, obviously a feminist. Yes. Um. I do for a hobby I do creative photography um, and specifically I like to work with women um, and people that identify as women that are just all about empowering their community and like a massive part of my photography with them is like investing in them beforehand to find out what they really want to get out of the shoot like a lot of the shoots I do like the my subjects are doing it because they want to feel really good about themselves so like that's a massive part of it for me yeah um and then other than that like in my day-to-day job I run social media so it's quite conflicting because like I really do see the good and bad sides of social media I love my job but again and especially with feminism as well like it's it can be you know a negative thing but it's also such a force for good so I think a good balance is needed
0: Yeah, I think it's a great platform to use, isn't it? Um, But unfortunately, it's also where all these myths do come up and all these, uh, a lot of trolling will happen is on social media. But I think it's like you have to kind of use that moment to take power of it and to take charge of, of, you know, being a, I would say, I'll definitely say that I'm a millennial. I would say, you know, you describe yeah. yourself as a millennial as well. Like being a millennial, it's really important to take ownership of those things that we've created for ourselves and to use them like definitely. for the things that we're we're passionate about.
1: I also think as well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have got into feminism if it wasn't for social media. Like the first place I saw about it was on social media. And like, I would so... I think our generation we are like the fourth wave of feminists yeah and that is like that's been like that's recurred so much because of social media like that is the main reason which so many young women now are so passionate about it which is amazing
0: yeah of course yeah and yeah definitely I think you know although it's grown over time um if we think about like you say, those four generations ago when my my mum would have sat at her table and watched um all these pictures of or even probably my grandparents actually like my grandma would have sat watching all these images on the newspaper of these women standing outside you know wanting votes for women votes for women and you think as a little girl like how my grandma would have felt in that moment feeling that empowered but obviously not feeling empowered enough to be able to go out and do something about it and I think that yeah generation now feels like like we were saying earlier, you can like snatch that back now like yeah we're going to take ownership of this we're now we're going to do it. something about it and I think that unfortunately you get a lot of people who disagree with you because we still have some generations that pass on their thoughts and their ideologies to their yeah. um, you know their children grandchildren great grandchildren um and that's where it's like it's so important to have conversations like this but you just kind of like nip it in the bud so um 100%. Yeah, definitely. Right. So I'm going to, I've had like a few assumptions coming. I've had 10, so we'll see if we can get through all of them. Okay. I chose like the 10 best ones that I had and i have done a bit of research online as well to, to look at some other ones because I wanted to get some really good ones. Nice. Um, Hit me the with first, them. The first one I'm going to start off <laughs> with, which I think is one that I definitely, definitely want to like completely narrow right now is that feminists are anti-male. Oh,
1: it's, it's classic. <laughs>
0: so frustrating what is your like what is your point of view on that
1: okay so it is just so classic and the the thing where I struggle is like communicate myself in an effective way that doesn't come across as aggressive when someone has that point of view because I'm like instantly I'm like how can you think that in this day and age with the amount of resources we have like how is that your opinion I always have to kind of strip it back and think, okay, what if this person is like completely new to the concept? Yeah, um, it's obviously not anti-male. Like, you have to understand when there is inequality, like there is going to be a focus on the group that isn't equal because you have to boost them up to get yeah. equality. So, yeah. it's it is just about equality, and then if a focus needs to be on the group that doesn't have that, that's not taking anything away from yeah. the group that does. Yeah. Um, it's just about also they should own it. Like they like this is where I get frustrated because that's like a lot of people's go-to kind of barrier towards feminism. But I do yeah. think surely, like from my perspective anyway, that would spark an interest in me to be like, okay, let me find out why. Why this is such a thing, yeah. why there is inequality,
0: yeah, I think that's such a good point as well, because, like I work with a lot of vulnerable young people, and um you know a lot of the time I hear people say, "How could you do that? they're such horrible people, they're not horrible people, they're just uninformed in life, and that's not yeah. their fault um you know if you're told your whole life that the sky is pink then you're going to believe the sky is pink no matter yeah, what someone 100%. Is you. especially when it's people that you know you trust around you that tell you that like that's that's going to be the kind of things that you believe so um no like I, I completely completely agree and I think some I think sometimes the issue with it is is that um it's the it's the, the beginning of the word is femme and I think mm-hmm. unfortunately that emasculates it for yeah. men so men are like, I can't be a feminist because it's feminine to be a feminist. Because it's for women. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But actually, feminism isn't about having more rights than men. It's about having the same rights, the same yeah. as men. And I think, yeah, like I am definitely not anti-man. You know, like I have a husband to be who I love so much, and he is a very much a feminist. Yeah. Um, and I I empower him so much to pursue his dreams and to work up the system in in where he is um Mm -hmm. but I also you know I also see the flip side of that you know the industry he's in is in maintenance and site management Well, he has no Mm -hmm. women work with him at all and you kind of like you know I can't judge him for that I can't blame him for that because women don't put themselves forward to do those things um but that's where like I want to be able to empower women to do that and to have that same you know that same ability and yeah like this is one that just frustrates me so much because i'm not anti-men like i don't hate all men and i think this no. is what we hear all the time like feminist and I, I think men. i
1: think often like men feel attacked when we're talking on women like women's issues such as male violence yes like obviously when the devastating news about sarah everard came out and then yeah. there was a huge campaign off of the back of that yeah men felt so attacked to like I'm not a violent person so that means not all men can do it and you have to look around you and kind of my advice to anyone who feels like that would be to take yourself out of your shoes for a second and look at the bigger picture because you know nothing will ever get solved if you constantly feel like it's a personal attack against you yeah and I don't agree when there are women that do hate all men well, they don't yeah. but they say they do like when they yeah. get enraged like that's the yeah there definitely are people that, that that say they're feminists
0: and then like yeah I'm a feminist I hate all men that's not being a feminist
1: yeah yeah it is about equality of the sexes yeah no that,
0: definitely that. definitely and I think as well you know it it's we will hear a lot of the time, you can't shy away from the fact that these things do happen to men. And I'm so aware that these things do happen to men as well. But if you look at the statistics behind things, the majority of the things that go on, like when it comes to sexual harassment, let's take for example, the mm-hmm. majority of the time, sexual harassment is going to be men targeting women. And that is not yeah. me saying that because I'm a feminist. That's me stating it because it's an actual literal fact. fact. Yeah, I
1: hear um, that.
0: You know, and, uh, and I also, do- And also
1: like as, as sad as it is, like it is awful when anyone experiences anything like that but the majority of perpetrators are men even male to male um yes it's that that is the fact and it's so sad but something needs to shift
0: yeah exactly and I think um as well like you know there's a couple of things that I might say as well like if I'm talking to my young people and it's um um we'll talk to the young girls in the room If, if I ask all the young girls in my room and Usually they're about sixteen to twenty-five year olds. The people I work with, and I'll say, "Girls, who in the room have been wolf-whistled wolf when walking the street?" All yeah. of them will put their hands up. I say it to the to the boys, and maybe like one or two might out of twelve, but you know, it, it's, it's it's not nowhere near the same. No, and you can't compare it. And um, and then we'll also talk about how if you are in a tank with a hundred sharks, and you're told ninety-nine of them are vegetarian you're going to be scared of every single one of them because you know that one of them is going to eat you, right? It's such a good way to put it. Yeah, and that is and that is the way but, yeah. you're always going to be cautious because you do, it's just the unknown. It's just, you know, yeah. historically how it's all happened. So, um, yeah. I, think I heard something. a
1: phrase, I was listening to Florence Given's podcast the other day. Yeah. And um, I think she said it was something like um, uh, one Man in a room of women is ecstatic, and one woman in a room of men is terrified. Yes, and I wouldn't always go as far to say terrified, that's obviously the extreme. But you are wary, you are uncomfortable. I don't think I actually know a woman that would say they weren't. No, exactly. I think even, um, I whenever I used to
0: get the tube to uh into uni, I would go into London and I would go to I can't remember the name of the station, it's one of the stations with loads and loads of stairs, you have to get into the big lift. And mm-hmm. I remember one time I got in there and it was just me with a load of men. It's so funny you say that because I did. I just instantly felt like really cautious and really wary that it was just yeah. me on my own. And I I'm felt just really aware. aware I
1: think that is the thing. You just become so aware that yeah. you are yeah. there and yeah. you're around that. So yeah. it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, second one is <laughs> I got this assumption so many times, right? And this was a lot, a lot, this assumption came a lot from actual like feminists that have heard this themselves that kind of like it's a bit of an eye roll moment. Okay. And it was that feminists are all lesbians, okay? okay. <laughs> this <was the> <laughs> which I saw right. and I was like laughing every single time that this one came through because I think like, you know of course there are some feminists that are lesbians not mm-hmm. all feminists are lesbians, okay? Yeah. Let's put that. Let's put that straight now. Like, <laughs> that you know, a bit. like It's all about like girls love girls and girls like. Like no, I love girls in a completely platonic way because I'm be like, empowered. Again,
1: like this just literally strips back to like the bare basics when people assume if you support other women, it has to be sexual yes. or it has to be romantic. Like yeah. you can literally absolutely adore like I look at women more than I look at men
0: yes me like too.
1: honestly and I and, and it's not even in a sexual way I'm literally just like she is incredible yeah and but it, I guess it's hard to understand from a male perspective because we are sexualized so much yes um and also I think it comes down to like the stereotypical like way women are pro- feminists are portrayed in the yeah. me in social media yes yeah. is like quite masculine looking women um yeah. short hair hairy armpits and people automatically assume they're lesbians yeah and it's just not true yeah it's women who are feminists
0: who are feeling feel power to express themselves in whichever way they feel that they can um, and then that goes back strips back to like people just having those stereotypes and having those un- maybe even sometimes unconscious bias around, 100%, I uh, don't, around how I they think feel. a lot
1: of the time like people actually don't intend to cause offence or be naive i think it's just the the way they've been brought up the information they've consumed mainstream media yeah it it's a recipe for yeah and and even looking back at me like if i was like look at even like
0: 14 15 year old me looking back at that, if I saw that on the television, then I'd like, if I saw a, a woman with short hair and hairy armpits on the television, I'd instantly think, oh, she's got to be a lesbian. Now yeah, I look yeah. at that and think like, wow, I'm in awe of this woman who can yeah. stand up <laughs> and can be take ownership of her own body and feel like she can express herself in the way that she wants to. hundred um, percent. And I think that's only by, you know, I've actively gone and, and uh, you know, taken educated on the information. Yourself. I've educated myself. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actively done that because I'm interested in it.
1: I actually think that's what pits a lot of people off getting into feminism or just becoming a feminist because people think that you can't make mistakes and, like, I still have so much to learn like this. I was a bit nervous about coming on because I'm like, am I, like, educated enough to talk about it? But, like, anyone should be able to talk about it. I think if you're passionate about something, you really care about something, then just get involved. Like, if your morals are... In any what way normal, and you want equality, like you are a feminist, it's fine. Just yeah. own it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And make and I, mistakes. Like, like you yeah, can make mistakes. You can say wrong things. I think in yeah, any you're never ever going to learn in life or see huge growth in yourself if you don't put yourself in vulnerable vulnerable positions to make mistakes. Yes.
0: No, absolutely, and and like and like you say, you know it's you have to be diplomatic you always have to be diplomatic and I would always listen to other people's perspectives um but it took me a really long time to learn how to do that and I think it's only because yeah. I became so passionate about it that I was able to actually do that yeah yeah um it's funny that you said about the hairy armpits thing because the next assumption that I had is that feminist don't shave <laughs> like this is <laughs> another one I, had, was, this one as well.
1: I yeah. had this one as well
0: I'm like right so I spoke to my mum about this before I was come up, and she was like like yeah Sometimes I don't shave my armpits. Sometimes I do. Yeah. For me, like I do because that's how I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Some women feel, feel comfortable not doing that. And that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's, it's this thing about taking ownership of your body. So I'm taking ownership of my body by treating it how I want to treat it. Um, but, like, very rarely do I ever shave my legs. I'm going to get personal here. Like, very rarely do I ever shave my legs unless it's summer. up. <laughs>
1: I don't feel like I'm just I feeling my now and they're yeah. literally
0: so hairy <laughs> I know like I don't feel like I have to because I feel empowered enough and I feel like I have ownership enough so that if someone's to look at me like you know why are your legs hairy I'm gonna say why are yours
1: you know yes, it's like why are you bothered like why, why are you yeah, bothered that's exactly what gets me like it's just and I think with that I get a lot of people think that but as if that's our main priority, being a feminist. Like I'm purposely not going to shave my armpits. That's the main thing I have to focus on being a feminist. It's like, yeah. the, like it comes as a whole part of accepting yourself, like you say, yeah. and feeling empowered to not conform yeah. to the things we've been taught for years and years and years, literally since we can remember. Yeah. Um. I was talking to my friend about this earlier, and um, she's doing social media for a sustainable period company. Yeah. Um, and we were just saying like when boys are young and like in sex ed at school they're taught that you know they're gonna have sexual desires like it's very much kind of that and then girls like you're gonna have periods you're gonna sweat and you're gonna get hairy and like from that point it's like that fear-mongering into oh my god I need to I'm gonna have to shave yeah I remember literally shaving my legs before I had any hair yeah And and I was like dry and in pain yeah. And it was just like, I almost was like, I want to grow hair so I can be a woman. Yeah. And actually we've kind of flipped that on its head because now it's like, I'm not going to shave. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. I'm still yeah. as much
1: as a woman if I don't, you know. Yeah.
0: And you put so much pressure on yourselves, don't you? Like whenever I had PE, I would always, you know, because we, you, you, you wear shorts in PE, right? And I remember yeah. every time before PE, I would get up either really early that morning or the night before um, usually, I'd get up really early that morning because I think I wouldn't want like next day stubble or anything on my legs yeah. or on my armpits or anything because I wouldn't want anyone looking at me. And I felt so much pressure. So insecure. Um, and yeah. actually, if you think about like all those girls in that room who felt pressure, I didn't care about anybody else. No,
1: no one sure, did. That. No one cared Everyone's about me. So focused. Yeah. Everyone's so focused on what if someone says that about me or what if someone sees me in that way. Yeah. No one's actually looking elsewhere because you were so like focused on how. You looked and came across. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. It is actually crazy. Like, it's just the amount of stuff that I think I was unaware that was like implemented on us through yeah. miseducation. Really. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's kind of when you realise when you're older, you're like, Jesus.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I yeah. taught. Um, like I so. I, I did teach in mainstream education for a while and I taught PSHE and a lot in that you do um, sex ed um, and just start, you know, growing up and things. And it's, and it's, it has come a long way since I was in school, but it's still not where it should be. Like there's, mm-hmm. you teach boys how to be boys and you teach girls how to be girls, but you don't yeah. teach them about what it's like to be the opposite sex. And so mm-hmm. that way you can't then, you know, so, so then boys don't understand what it's like to grow up being a girl and have a period and, there are there are still some boys that that think you know you have periods for seven days and then it stops and then it, yes. like it's the regular thing or the, and they just don't get how it all works and that's fine because maybe they don't have to go through it and then there are some people who don't understand how illness can affect periods and and, yeah. and we I mean how many times have you heard oh someone's on their period oh and, God, and that just drives me crazy like I think it's such <laughs> an unfeminist thing to say um yeah. And I've heard it from women as well you know but a lot of the time oh, yeah that's come from men where I'm like oh someone's on their period like just because I'm on my like period or even not just because I'm a woman and I'm moody doesn't mean I'm on my period yeah like you know <laughs> you get angry I, I have other angry.
1: emotions you know yeah
0: exactly but all yeah. all boys know is that what they're told by their by their maybe fathers or like grand grandfathers or, or brothers and things is that yeah women get really angry when they're on their period so if they're angry yeah. they're probably period And they're yeah. not informed enough about it, and I think that's such a shame as well. Because I wish I was more informed about what it's like to be a boy. And you know, I, I speak to my partner about like the pressures that he faced growing up because he was always, always really short, and yeah. uh, and he felt insecure and he didn't feel empowered. And yeah. men go through that stuff too, and it would be oh, so great, if honestly. Could
1: like we have that I conversation. To, yeah, we need a crossover as well because also like when I think back to, I think we had like two sex ed lessons yeah and the one everyone remembers is getting out them awful dildos and putting on condoms yeah and that is that that is the extent of sex ed that girls are taught how to put a condom on a penis and yet there is so much we could have learned about for example like I went on the pill when I was 15, I think because my periods were so heavy, I'd be sick, I'd be like passing out, like they were so painful and not nice. Um, I never ever was educated on the fact that 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 wasn't normal. Um, went to my doctor, put me on the pill, and I only came off it last year purely for the fact I wanted to see what I was like without added hormones. And now I'm being investigated for endometriosis, yeah, um, which is a chronic illness, yeah, and a lot of that is down to the fact that there was not enough education on women's menstrual health yeah like it all it was all a focus on like how to protect yourself in sex yeah and there's just so much other vital stuff young women should be learning yeah absolutely and like
0: i I would i would i would completely agree like i only learned about endometriosis online on social media through following these feminist pages like that's how i learned about it before that i had no idea about it um You know, I, I had a similar situation. Like I was fifteen when I went on the implant, um, and then I remember getting the implant taken out. And like, I was so hormonal. Like, I literally at one point just wanted to like, no. So I had the implant, and then I went to the injection. And the injection, okay. I went on it, and honestly, Charlotte, I actually wanted to kill myself at one point. Like, mm-hmm. my hormones were so bad on it. So bad. I was just so depressed. But people don't talk to you about those side effects. They so kind of just go, Sorry. yeah. Here's a brochure read yeah. it like these Take are the potential that. side effects yeah. yeah and then you're on your way like yeah go and have sex wherever you want to have sex like it's fine but you don't no one talks to you about those sides of things which is no. obviously like you know and, and it is such a shame because women should know that about themselves but I think also men should understand that about women too and you know what it is like to be a woman yeah and I think that goes back to talking about a lot of men say we're all anti, anti-male and it's really difficult because I will never know what it's like to be a man but men will never know what it's like to be a woman and how yeah. all the experiences we have to go through, and I'm not sitting here saying like, oh "God, it's so horrendous being a woman because we have periods and we have to go on contraception." Like, that's not it. There's so much more to it, but yeah. no one's properly educated about what those no. things are. So,
1: and I, I also think like for the trans community as well. Yeah. Education from from the youngest age possible to do sex ed. I think I, I think a lot of parents are scared from their for their kids to be have sex sex education from yeah. a young age but with online kids are now accessing stuff way earlier yeah. so first of all I think it should start from like the youngest age appropriate yeah and I think it should be a generalized thing that like we should learn about both sexes because there are so many people that are transitioning now because yeah of how empowered they feel that there is a community that support them. Yeah. And if you're only learning about your sex and you don't feel like you in your body.
0: Yeah.
1: How much damage is that doing as well? Like yeah. if it, were, I think it would just solve so many problems if we, no, if I agree. both sex were educated for
0: yeah. each other. And it's um, so there's parts of it that are compulsory. Like you have to learn about the biological side of things, but there are <laughs> parts of sex education where it's optional for your parents to actually pull you out those classes. Mm -hmm. um and so some people do it for religious reasons which you obviously have to respect
1: um
0: but at the same time I I find I find it actually like I find it really a difficult subject because I think that you know no matter what religion you are you should still understand what it's like to have a healthy relationship yeah Um, because that's a lot of the things that are spoken about in these classes as well and you know what it's like to grow up in particular um uh, relationships as well and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a really difficult controversial topic because again we have to be um, supportive to everybody um, and we have to you know respect everybody's wishes and everybody's rights and everybody's cultures and religions um, but it, I think that we should give that power back to the young people who actually are going through that at the time your parents who probably let's say you know on average you're going to be 25 30 years older than you will have had a totally different experience
1: yeah exactly you know, in
0: in their in their um time as a teenager Things develop so quickly. Like even when I look at teenagers now, I only left school, let's say like 10 years ago. And oh my goodness, it's so, so, so different now. It's
1: so different. It's a different world. And it's just,
0: it's just ever changing all the time. And I think that's where you have to kind of let those young people take control of their own situations. And if we can just educate them to be safe Mm -hmm. in a classroom where, you know, they're educated by someone who has all the resources to do it. Some parents at home might feel like they can educate them. But it's it's never going to be as effective. It's never going to be as effective yeah. as if put them in a situation as well where they can talk to people their own
1: age, their own age. Yes, yeah. th- that they've had those experiences with as well. Um, and I just think that's really important. And like being around people, they feel comfortable opening up to. Like, yeah, ed- educating someone at home is amazing. I think that should always be present. Yeah, but on top of like when people are with their peers, because as a when you're younger, I think you are so much more open with your friends um, and conversations will come up that might not with your parents, you know? So it's really important just to get the conversation going as as much as you can, I think. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay. Number five. I think I skipped one because they were like two were very similar, but number five, um, the gender pay gap isn't real because it's illegal to pay two people a different wage for the same job is this in the UK? Um, yes. So this one okay. is like, this one is like really, really um, one that I get so passionate about. So it's true. You cannot pay two people different wages for the same job. Like everybody yeah. knows that no matter what they are, but you can pay people in bands, right? And being male or female cannot come into that. Okay. And that is true. That isn't totally true. The difficulty okay. is men are paid more because men see men are paid overall in the uk earn mm-hmm. more money than women because men are given these high power jobs higher
1: power jobs yeah
0: so this is where the gender pay cut comes in right so of course if we had 100 male um ceos mm-hmm. um we are going to have then 100 female junior ceos and that's where that yeah. pay gap is so why are those females not able to become not female?
1: in those big
0: roles yeah and yeah. i think that that's one like that probably isn't going to take a lot of discussion to like get that under wraps because i think yeah. that's kind of like i think that just needed explaining to people that you know and and we'll look back as well there might be a man and a woman in the same job and a man is paid more and that man is paid more because they have um a better degree now why is it they have a better degree why is yeah. it that their education it's was access,
1: better?
0: yeah so men tend to get better and uh, more scholarships into universities and things um, why that is we don't know. We can only yeah. assume that it's because you know men are prefer- preferable in that sense. Like mm-hmm. it, it wasn't long ago that women couldn't even go to university, so mm-hmm. men tend to get these scholarships. That means they tend to get better education. They tend to get um, better work experiences because main are is more versatile, so they can do the physical things and they can do the administrative things. And and I think yeah. that's where that all comes from. Um, and I think that I mean even
1: of- if you look at if you look at our government, so. I think this year there's 225 women in the house of commons which is the most it's ever been okay so yeah. that is in itself is amazing yeah and i think what's really hard is to like always focus on the negatives because we are making amazing progress mm-hmm. having said that that is still only 35 percent of the entire house of commons exactly. so you have to look at that and surely that just sums it up for you you know like the gender pay gap is very real and like you say it's not as black and white as women are being paid directly less than men yeah but how do we access these higher positions yeah when we're in a society that is sexist yeah Absolutely. and I don't that sounds so harsh saying that and I like no, I completely I, agree but it is and that is that's a fact like it is and I mean talking about gender pay gap worldwide like there's 2.4 billion women that don't have the same economic rights as men
0: in the world yeah
1: and like i think it's over like 150 countries have actual legal barriers to stop women attaining this full economic participation and it's like you can't argue with the statistics
0: yeah it's not just women
1: kicking up a fuss for no reason like
0: This is the thing we spoke about. It's all—it's the facts. It's not women saying this isn't fair because X, Y, Z. It is literal facts that we're talking
1: about
0: now. Um. Okay, I'm so cautious. I think that that,
1: one's done and dusted. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: I'm so cautious that I don't want to like keep. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I could just talk about it forever. um So, one that really sticks out to me, one of them, um, is that feminists think chivalry is sexist. I don't think it's sexist. I don't know about you. I think I love chivalry, okay? But I am yeah. also chivalrous.
1: Yeah. I can see why people would think that.
0: Yeah.
1: Also, I don't agree. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but this is the thing. I, of course, like, I love being taken out for dinner and I love being yeah. waited on for a whole evening. But I'd also, I would, would do that back, you know? 100%, like,
1: I think that's the thing. Like, it's, it doesn't have to be a one-way thing. And I think... Oh, I, like, I've had conversations before where I've been talking about feminism yeah. and someone, uh, I've said, like, in certain situations, I wouldn't expect a man to do that to me. And they were like, yeah. but you'd expect him to hold a door, though.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, well, yeah, that's nice man. It's like I would hold a door for someone as well. Exactly. I, I think people always, like, women are kind of, like, scared into feeling bad about enjoying some traditional roles yeah that doesn't mean you're not a feminist yeah I think it just all comes down to how you feel with your partner and like what you like as a person like I think it's personal preference I don't think it should be a wide you know yeah like no, it's not that completely. broad is it yeah completely I think yeah
0: I think you're totally right um yeah I I would love a man to hold a door open for me and to pay for my dinner I'm also going to hold his door And I'm also going to pay for his dinner when I can too, you know, it's, it's got to be that thing that works both ways. I think,
1: I think it comes down to like, yeah, the boundaries and the expectations you have going into a relationship, like it depends what you want, what you like. I don't think it's like, not everyone's going to have the same view.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. Next one. If you call yourself a feminist, you have to shout it from the rooftops. Disagree. (laughs) <laughs> disagree. Absolutely disagree. <laughs> because right.
1: if we were always commenting on yeah. and shouting out about our opinions, Christ, the world would be so noisy. Yeah. Like you can have passions and interests that you don't have to share until yeah. you feel ready. Like there's yeah. no pressure on, there's no pressure on it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think like it's it's good to be an active citizen and it's good to be an active feminist, but I know I take it to a whole new level so do you and that's fine because they're the things that we feel extra passionate about yeah but if you are able to say to some if someone makes some sort of comment about you know getting the kitchen by turning around and saying like that's a, like not a nice comment to make like that's just a very much a Uh, 20th or is a 19th 20th century comment to make that's you being a feminist because that's you being active and that's fine if that is what the extent that you can go to and that extent you feel comfortable going to that's fine like just don't be a passive bystander i think that's what i would say to anybody don't sit there and listen to things and i think sometimes if you if you don't stop things you are just as much to uh i don't want to say to blame because i really don't want to use that but like you are, you are not helping the cause. It kind
1: of, it kind of fuels the problem, I think. Exactly. But on, on the other hand, I think if you are really new to it and like, you don't feel, if you're in a situation that you feel really uncomfortable in and you, in that moment, because I've been in a situation before where someone has made a comment, I've bit my tongue and then yeah. I've left the situation and been like, why the hell did I not say this? Or did I not say that? And it does happen. I don't, yeah. don't beat yourself up if you don't but you have to learn from those experiences so that the next time you're in a situation like that you can address it and the main thing I think like it's not it shouldn't be about kind of shutting someone down you have to take the time to educate someone otherwise they'll never change
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah no I totally agree um like I think we're almost running out of time which is such a shame because I could talk about oh, it forever I could
1: literally keep going, going I
0: know I really really could and hopefully like maybe at some point soon we can definitely do a part two um because I've got definitely. so much more to speak about um and I think there'd be so many things like I definitely want to talk about the whole uh, um you know pink versus blue thing I think that's a really interesting discussion to have at some yeah. point um and I you know what how I know a lot of people feel a particular way about that so I think that's a really interesting one to talk about um and I think like my final message would just be to everyone like if you do if you are have a better understanding of this now from mm-hmm. you know all these misconceptions that you've had you do not need to say yeah do you know what yeah I am a feminist just say I'm here for equality and that's fine yeah um you don't need yeah. to label yourself you don't need to share things on social media uh, that's a good thing to do but you don't have to put that pressure on yourself to say that you are a feminist as long as you're being active in what you're doing, like, I think that's, that's okay. Um, 100%. And I think maybe at some point you'll feel more com- confident and more comfortable to actually voice the things that you're passionate about. And that's even more incredible, but you have to not put that pressure on yourself to feel like you have to change the world. Um, yeah. Being a know, feminist
1: because... doesn't mean you have to tell everyone off who isn't a feminist either. Yeah. I think, I think it all just starts from educating yourself. If you have an interest in it, and you're so here for equality. Yeah. Just do some reading, do some research. It can literally yeah. be in the comfort of your own home. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be anything. X ex- like, what's the word? Anything. My mind's gone blank. Lavagun. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be kind of out there and in people's faces. Like you can yeah. just do it in your own time. Yeah. And just see what you find because you will find
0: a lot (laughs) yeah no definitely definitely like there's so many pages that i'll link as well to the bottom of this and um like on my instagram things um definitely to follow that are just really informative about it and and, yeah um, yeah really good thank you so much i have loved it please 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 let's do a part two at some point because i've loved it so much um i'm just really cautious i want to keep it to like half an hour so um thank you thank you so so much you're welcome